Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast, an outlet for discussing creativity and the great beyond. We also discuss everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host on this wild ride, William Key. This is, again, another bonus episode. I decided that today I'm actually going to be doing a spoiler cast. I realized on on one of my main episodes, I kind of did a bit of a spoiler for WandaVision and, and spoilers for other things as well. And I thought to myself, you know what? To avoid people having to skip episodes entirely, why don't I just do separate spoiler cast episodes for things that I really want to discuss? In this case, I really wanted to discuss the finale of Loki. So if you guys haven't watched the finale of Loki or Loki at all, yeah, feel free to skip this episode. It's totally fine. This one is its own little thing. It'll be labeled as a bonus episode. But before we discuss Loki... It was actually my birthday last weekend, and I think I revealed this on my last bonus episode. Uh, I celebrated my 30th birthday, uh, and with that, you know, I had a ton of friends and family over last weekend, and I got the biggest surprise of all. Uh, my, my wife and my family actually pulled together uh, and bought me a Nintendo Switch, uh, so which is something that I've actually been wanting for the past, like, half a decade actually i think i've been asking for a switch since like 2016 and it just became this sort of running gag of like oh i want a switch i want a switch and then uh, now i finally got it so now i'm like what the heck am i going to ask for for christmas uh, i ended up having a longer conversation with my wife after like don't you worry i'm not going to start bothering you for a ps5 because i haven't really fully burned my ps4 to the ground yet I, I haven't purchased a lot of games for it and i still have plenty of life in that ps4 even though it's already starting to uh, run like a large fan so I got the Switch with the new Super Mario Brothers Deluxe uh, U. Uh, so I'm super excited. I started playing that um, on Sunday and a little bit more during the week. Even my wife has been playing a bit of it as well, getting used to the fact that you can take it off the dock, play it handheld, which is amazing for when you want to watch TV. You can just pull it off and play it. That's the whole gimmick of the Switch. I got a couple of gift cards as well, and I used those gift cards to go out and buy myself uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I had a really tough decision uh, in terms of what to buy, because all the games for the Switch, all the good like Mario, Zelda, Pokemons, they were all still full price. They were all $79.99. Uh, but it was down to two Zelda games, Link's Awakening, the, re- the remake uh, for the Switch, or Breath of the Wild. So I leaned towards Breath of the Wild, decided to pick that up. I also picked myself up a carrying case uh, if I want to take my Switch on the go, um, and I can slot my games into it as well, which is great. And I also purchased Pokemon Shield. So I've got a nice selection of games to start with my Switch journey, and I'll probably be updating you guys as the weeks progress as I play more games. Like I said, I'm currently playing uh, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, and uh, not very far in it. I'm not... You know, I'm not the best at the side-scrolling Mario games, but you know what? I'd like the chance to also be able to play with Sam and see if maybe two players we can work our way through it. I'm currently on a, I believe, the water levels right now. I don't remember what they're called. And then I, I got some breaking gaming news the other day, apparently. So as you know, Super Smash Bros. Is, is a massive property, and it's really hard to compete with the likes of Smash Bros. You know, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale a couple of years ago tried to do that, and now Nickelodeon is actually cashing in on that very same bet. They have unveiled a trailer for an upcoming uh, brawler game, N- Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, and it's going to uh, collect past and present popular Nickelodeon characters. You know, you've got your SpongeBob, Patrick, uh, you've got uh, Nigel Thornberry, you've got Danny Phantom, uh, you've got Helga from Hey Arnold, like you've got a bunch of random characters past, present, future for this brawler game that basically looks identical in its playstyle to Smash Bros. Which, 
you know, that means it has a lot going for it. There are people who are fans of past and current Nickelodeon, so there's plenty to get into for this game. I actually, <laughs> I actually wanted to discuss it because I was like, oh man, there was a lot of characters that they announced off the top, which was great, but there's also some characters they haven't announced, and I'm like, okay, I'm still waiting on, you got, you need Timmy Turner, obviously, from the Fairly Odd Parents, including like maybe the Crimson Chin, maybe the Cosmo and Wanda duo. They didn't even unveil Jimmy Neutron, which I thought was kind of weird. And then I sort of tossed around a fan, a fan suggested role, which this character is never going to make it into the game. But I was like, let's put Gibby from iCarly in there. If you all know Gibby, he's sort of like a, a joke character in the series. And um, I was, I kind of posted it on um, Riley Little's uh, Twitter feed. Riley Little's the. Uh, the guy who runs the Walmart Canada social media because he was kind of talking about the game and I'm like oh you know I really want Gibby from iCarly and he's like yeah that might be a little challenging budget wise and I'm like well come on man it was just a joke <laughs> but I'm like you know this is this is such a cool idea and and this is going to be made for um, last gen consoles as well as the current gen consoles as well so there's a chance I can go and pick this up with a PlayStation 4 I definitely will actually because I like this idea of sort of a PlayStation like Nickelodeon uh, brawler game. Now, why don't we finally get into the feature presentation, which is talking about Loki. Loki had just finished on Wednesday with an amazing finale. Actually, I think this finale tops the previous two shows by a landslide. This finale, I'm going to go over sort of the key plot points that happened in this episode, as well as the ending, and I'm going to talk about the future of the MCU based off of this finale, because this finale alone, it sets up a whole wave of potential storylines moving forward, both in film and television. So at the start of the episode, you know, we, we get Loki and Sylvie are at the Citadel at the end of time. This is where they're finally going to meet the man behind the curtain who's running the Time Variance Authority. But they encounter Miss Minutes, who's a sort of animated, um, almost like pulled out of the, the, the 50s clock that's uh, voiced by Tara Strong, who um, relays an offer from her master, who is known as He Who Remains, which is a character from the comics as well, who also is located at the Citadel at the end of time. And in that story, the uh, He Who Remains actually meets with Thor and Jane Foster rather than Loki and Sylvie. So they've sort of mirrored the two characters in that they're still, they're still meeting with this character. Miss Minutes offers Loki the chance to go back to the sacred timeline, which is the main timeline, and offers him the chance to beat the Avengers once and for all, to kill Thanos, to rule Asgard, all these things uh, to which they decline, and they proceed forward, uh, and they finally get a chance to meet the man behind the curtain, he who remains, which surprisingly is played by the actor Jonathan Majors. And if that name doesn't ring a bell to you. It's because in a previous episode uh, where I was talking about Ant-Man 3, I had announced that Jonathan Majors uh, was going to be playing Kang the Conqueror. He's still going to be playing Kang the Conqueror, but this version is actually playing He Who Remains. And the way that they've designed He Who Remains is that he is a variant of Kang the Conqueror, as well as um, sort of a multiverse version of him. Now, this version of He Who Remains is just considered a man but he has the ability to um, 
like Sylvie, have a tempad which she uses to teleport away when Sylvie attempts to kill him and is able to anticipate their actions because he has seen the past, present, and future. And he has everything printed out on a piece of paper, much like in the TVA when they're able to, to predict the next thing they're going to say. They have it all printed out on paper. He then goes on to explains the origins of the Time Variance Authority uh, on Earth during the 31st century. There were variant versions of himself that had discovered alternate universes and attempted to contact each other. Now, some of these variances of himself had tried to conquer other universes, which had led to a multiversal war. Now, he, he who remains had harnessed the power of, of Eliath, which was the smoke monster, dog, dragon, beast from episode 5, to end the war, isolating the timeline, and was able to create the TVA to bring all the branches together into one sacred timeline. He offers Loki and Sylvie a choice, as this character has grown weary, as uh, he is basically old, even though he looks young. Um, there, He's got two options, just like how Miss Minutes offered options. They can kill him ending the singular timeline and risking another multiversal war sparked by his variants, or succeed him in leading the TVA and managing the timeline. And by Loki and Sylvie being allowed into the Citadel at the end of time, he's identified them as the best candidates to replace him. He then reveals that in that conversation, they have reached a point where he no longer actually knows the future and the timeline begins to diverge. Sylvie uses this opportunity to try to kill him while Loki d defends. They end engage in this uh, brawl, and Loki pleads, wanting Sylvie to, to back off, be safe, to be together. The two of them engage in a kiss. But Sylvie uses this opportunity to send Loki through uh, a tempad uh, holographic chamber back to the TVA headquarters and kills He Who Remains, which in the background, we see the sacred timeline spread off and grow roots and unleash a multiverse with various timelines. And this is where we see the start of what would then become the multiverse of madness, as Dr. Strange's uh, subtitle suggests. Elsewhere, you know, we've got um, Hunter B-15, who is looking for a version of a variant of Renslayer, which she end up, ends up finding at a school in Fremont, Ohio, proving that the TVA employees are variants of themselves, as she suggested. Another scene shows Renslayer and Mobius sort of, you know, have a back and forth with Renslayer leaving to go search for free will um, after overcoming Mobius' attempt at trying to prune her. With Loki sent back to the TVA, Loki tries to warn B-15 and Mobius back at the TVA headquarters about variants of He Who Remains, but Mobius doesn't recognize him. It's then that we see the sort of cut, cut to shot where Loki discovers the statue of Kang the Conqueror in the TVA, who has replaced those of the timekeepers from the sacred timeline. Uh, and it is revealed that Loki is in an alternate universe. He's in an alternate timeline. So... This is sort of the, the crux of the finale. A lot of information to sort of go over here. For example, the biggest one, obviously, is um, Sylvie's actions uh, in the finale and how the repercussions of that has led to the multiverse branching out. It does a lot to explain what's going to happen in films moving forward. Uh, for example, you know, you've got Spider-Man No Way Home, which 
uh, clearly uh, by its casting, and as, as I discussed in the past, there have been rumors and speculations surrounding that film. And we haven't seen a trailer yet because I think that people have been waiting for Loki to end to see how the repercussions of that ending is going to affect Spider-Man. And if it does confirm if Spider-Man is a multiverse film, which in a way it is, because the fact that they brought Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina back as sort of uh, alt-universe versions of their characters suggests that, you know, there's a good chance that we could see the other Spider-Man show up in this film as well. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, while it is going to be featuring Scarlet Witch, also now will be apparently featuring Loki, the variant version from this show. And at the end, in a post credit scene for Loki, it also revealed that Loki will be returning for Season 2. And I read somewhere, and I don't know where, that the events of Season 2 are going to tie in or lead into Thor, Love, and Thunder. So that makes me um, believe that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will somehow continue the story that has been um it'll bring both the endings of wandavision and loki together in this one film uh and sort of answer uh, or at least solve some of the issues from both maybe not all the issues for for loki's side but definitely for wandavision's side because uh, at the end of wandavision she's got her newfound powers and she's trying to look for her missing children but it's going to be difficult to solve all the issues of Loki. And consider the fact that if you look further ahead to 2023, we have Ant-Man 3. And we know that the main villain of that film is going to be Kang the Conqueror. But since he's already shown up here, there's a good chance that Jonathan Majors could make appearances in other films leading up to that point, much like Thanos did. Uh, So there's a very good possibility that he could show up in Doctor Strange 2. So that has not been confirmed or denied yet. Maybe there's a good chance that he might show up in Spider-Man. We don't know that either. So Jonathan Majors is going to be a pretty busy actor for the next couple of years, as they seem to be teeing him up to be the next big bad after Thanos. Now, looking ahead in the schedule, uh, you know we have we have plenty of television and. Uh, we have plenty of television and movies coming out next month. We're going to be having What If, which is this sort of animated show that leans into this alternate universe uh, theory and some people say it's going to be connected to the larger mcu i'm i'm curious to see how that's possible considering it is an animated series but there's several stories here that follow the same stories from the movies but altered slightly uh you know as well we've got hawkeye later in the fall and over on the film side we've got shang chi's coming out in september the eternals in november and spider-man no way home december 17th so more likely than not, Spider-Man will answer a lot of questions uh, going forward um, from what has already been introduced in Loki, as I've mentioned. I was also reading that Kevin Feige has already been pulling together various writers uh, from throughout Marvel Studios' various films, holding a meeting to sort of discuss how the rules of the multiverse work. Now, another thing I failed to mention as well is that Kang the Conqueror, like I mentioned, goes by many names. His character actually is Nathaniel Richards, which he is a descendant of Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. So there's a good chance that Kang the Conqueror could be around for as long as we're waiting for Fantastic Four, which is still um, yet to have a release date announced. So, you know, I think he's going to be uh, um, a big bad for the next couple of years. 
Now, I want to know, what did you guys think about the finale? Send me a message in Discord or send me, shoot me a message on Twitter or wherever you, you know, follow this podcast. I'm really curious to see what your thoughts on um, the MCU going forward. What are your theories about it? And, and with that, I've sort of run out of talking points. So I am going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can head over to my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I will occasionally post feature-length articles, news pieces, essays, on anything I find interesting. Over on Facebook, you can follow this podcast, facebook.com backslash The Outbreak Podcast. On Twitter, you can follow me at Podcast Outbreak, but please also follow me on my personal Twitter. Let's engage in some conversation. Let's talk about Loki if you want. At Will Key, K-E-E. Uh, if you haven't been to my Redbubble store, Redbubble search William Outbreak. That's where you can find some designs uh, of stuff I'm very proud of, actually. I have a YouTube channel now, so go ahead and search William Key on YouTube. Uh, the link's going to be in the description below because I don't have a personalized uh, subscription name yet, so it's probably going to be a lot of letters and numbers. If you want to join my Discord server, uh, head over, go actually to linktree.com backslash podcast, and you'll find a link to join my Discord server there. If you're listening to this podcast on Podbean, thank you guys so much. Well, please consider liking, subscribing, uh, and following, leaving a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Spotify, Google, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, Player FM. The list goes on and on and on. Thank you guys so much for listening to this special spoiler cast episode of the Outbreak Podcast. Have yourselves a great night.